0: Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right, a life how to podcast from the perspective of non experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. Yes, we do, Nat. And this week we are talking the emotional entrepreneur, how to be a boss. With a heart. Oh. Yes. And we have a very special guest. We have OK OKSIS's Scout Sobel.
1: Love that name. I love Scout. Scout <laughs> Sobel. What a name. Destined for greatness. Destined for
0: greatness. So, so we're going to be talking to Scout about why every businesswoman needs to have a podcast strategy, mm-hmm. the importance of balancing your work with your mental health, and how to emotionally handle entrepreneurship.
2: And this Three is a good things episode, we love.
0: even if you're not an entrepreneur, like yeah. if you're just being in the workspace and yes. how to like balance your mental health and how to approach um, work from a healthier place. Mindset. Yes. Yeah.
1: hundred percent.
0: And did you already say that I wrap up? Today? I didn't, but our wrap-up today is going to be recent obsessions. Recent obsessions. Which I
1: think we've only done one or two other times.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to reveal what mine is. Oh, me too. I'm and, excited to hear. Yeah, and I'm happy to be here with you because I kind of had like a I had a little thing that happened this morning. Oh, no. I opened the car door really fast. It just – it was my neighbor. So I was very adult about it. Okay. And I called her and I said, hi, it's a very small. Actually, let me show it to you. Okay, let me
1: see. Let me see. What it... You're probably going to look at it and say you shouldn't have her. Like it was just so minor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very minor. I mean, that could be buffed out.
0: Yeah, but I just feel like as an adult, it was my responsibility. Yes. I said, ma'am, I live next door to you. I park next to you. And I opened my car door. I said, very
1: irresponsibly. See, but here's the thing. The accountability, because this is the thing. She's going to have much more respect for you now because she's going to go down there and look and be like, oh, she called me over this <laughs> little teeny tiny I know, but it is a beam. thing. It's, it's not, a thing. It's, it's, it's I, a thing. I would greatly, if somebody did that to my car and they called me and said, oh, my gosh, I just want to let you know. She like, never called me back. No, and I, she might not because it's very, very minor. But like, I would have a lot of respect for you if I was her. I, I trashed myself in the voicemail. I was like, I was
0: irresponsible. I was careless. Was careless. I opened the door way too fast, ma'am. She's and gonna it go down
1: there thinking, fault. thinking her door is gone. <laughs> I, know.
0: I was like, it's absolutely my fault. I will cover all the costs to. Oh, and I was like, I really was like, you know, Corinne, we gotta slow down here.
1: No, I think that's great we're right, trying to get to the podcast because too fast. I. <laughs> I, somebody one time, not my my previous car, my Explorer, when I had first gotten it and I was so excited about it, somebody backed into me or something and they scratched the paint off my bumper. And of course, they didn't say anything. They didn't leave a note, nothing. I cried so much. Oh my gosh, now I cried. I was so upset. So I... I would very much appreciate it if somebody was like, I'm so, if somebody apologized to me and was like, I'm so sorry. And then also just like trashed themselves. Yeah. Like I'm a horrible person. Like I am <laughs> <I'm> garbage. <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? Things happen. Yeah.
0: Well, now I really need a glass of wine because I, yes. I have a stressful morning. Very sweatful. So what are we drinking this epi?
1: Okay. We are drinking the 2020 Luna mm. Pinot Grigio from Napa. I feel like this is the first one in a long-ass time that hasn't been, like, in a different language.
0: We have had a lot of those.
1: Yeah. This one's just Luna. Well, I guess that is a different language. Yeah. But, you know, from Napa, Pinot Grigio. Your hometown. I'm very excited. Hometown. It's a 2020. Are you going to say interesting? I'm not. I was actually (laughs) going to say wowza. (laughs) Wowza. Let 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 me do a little taste here. Wowza. 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 is a great descriptor. Uh, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's very wowza. Very wowza. Okay, so let's get into our friend Scout yes. and why we're having her on the podcast today. I think if you are been a long-time listener or even if you're a newbie, hello mm. to our new Am by the way. We oh love you guys.
1: God. We, they're growing.
0: We love you guys. I genuinely love you. So you know that we both wear a million different hats in business. We're, we... To have the podcast, Nat has her own jewelry, candle,
1: art. We don't. Apparel. You're an actor. You're a producer. You're a writer. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We do a lot of things. Yes,
0: and you might also know that we are very spiritually and emotionally led. So what better guest to bring on than the emotional entrepreneur herself, Scout Sobel. And it can be hard to balance being your authentic emotional self and being a working professional in the business space, especially because as women, if we show emotions, we're perceived as weaker or harder to work with than our male counterparts. I'm very, very excited to have Scout on so we can both learn. And how we can be bosses and link with our hearts, which I do think we do. We do, we
1: do. But I, you know, I always love a good tip. No, I, I love would, to be school. Yeah. So I'm gonna do her little intro here. So, Scout, she's the CEO of Scouts Agency. She's the founder of The Emotional Entrepreneur, which is a podcast and best-selling book. And she's the co-host of the popular okay sis podcast. She's a trailblazer in the media industry for utilizing podcasts as a powerful form of PR. And after starting OK Sis, which focuses on female guests, Scout fell in love with spreading women's stories and identified the rising popularity and influence of podcasting. So she started Scout's agency with an emphasis in podcast PR for women, entrepreneurs, podcasters, and brands. She's also lived with bipolar disorder for the last 15 years, but after finding entrepreneurship and taking radical responsibility over her emotions, she's now able to live a life of purpose. Oh, I love that. I love that. Her debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, provides the mindset and emotional tools she has learned from managing her mental illness that have helped her succeed in business. It hit number 11 on Amazon for women in business and the top 100 charts for entrepreneurship.
0: Wow. She's impressive. I know. We got to welcome her
1: on. Let's bring her on. Okay. Hi, Scout.
2: Hi, ladies. How are you? <laughs> We're good. We're great.
0: By the way, I feel like I just have to say this off the top. Scout is on my baby names list.
2: Oh, I love that. You know, Scout would be on my baby name list because I love that name so much. But I'm like, you know what? Actually, men do that all the time. They do like Ben Jr. Why can't I can do that? Yes. Uh well, oh, uh,
0: my mother did that. So my name of. my name is Corinne. My mom's name is Connie. So she she spelled my name the same way as her. So I have two ends, like Connie, one R, yeah. and then her middle name is Lee. So my little sister's name is Leah. And she was like, "Well, you know, I just feel like you guys would never name your kids after me, so I just named you guys after me." And I'm like,
2: "Okay, you know, what? you go, mom. Sure." Yeah. I like your mom. I like where her head's at. Just like branding her on her children yeah. even more than the DNA. You well, know yeah. Of
1: course, as mm-hmm. if that wasn't enough. Yeah. yeah. I think you could totally name your kid Scout. Why not?
2: Yeah. yeah I love that, though. It's a cute, unique name for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So we
1: just want to jump right into it. Yeah. So first and foremost, you're a big leader in the podcasting space. You've got Emotional Entrepreneur. You've got OK Sis. Can you share with our listeners kind of how you got into podcasting and how it's impacted your life?
2: Yes. So I actually got into podcasting a year before I started OK Sis. So that must have been 2017. Very random. I was living in this kind of loft industrial apartment with my husband, who was back then my fiance. And we lived next to a wholesale produce store. And in that wholesale produce store, they sold all of the produce to the nice San Diego restaurants, et cetera. But since we were neighbors, they gave us a discount and allowed us to come in and shop. So I was there every day getting whatever, you know, greens. And I got to know the women who worked there really well. And suddenly they opened a podcast studio in the produce shop, which is the randomest thing in the world.
0: Can we stop there? Where where is it placed? Are we in the freezer section? Like what is,
2: is the podcast studio? So the podcast studio <laughs> is literally right when you walk in. Like as you're going through the hallway to get to the all of the produce, there's just this podcast studio that they put there. I love they it. They wanted to like, you know, have a YouTube channel and you know, good for that. Yeah. Digital media personal brand for the wholesale produce store. <laughs> so I asked if I could get in there and they said sure. And they produced my podcast. For free, basically, because it was kind of a test. They didn't know what they were doing in the space. And that's how I got in. I wasn't even a listener of podcasts. It wasn't exactly a thing back then. It was starting to kind of become something that people did. But uh, very quickly, not quickly, about a year into hosting that, I got a little bored. I wasn't treating it like a business. And I really attribute that boredom to the fact that they were doing most of it for me and I just showed up. And I really believe in the beginning of a project doing everything yourself is what gets you really connected and loyal to the project. So it was feeling stale. I wasn't running it as a business. And that's when I asked my sister to come on my podcast after some rosé as we were laying by the pool for her birthday. And the podcast was very mental health, spiritual based. And me and my sister went into the business center and just talked about The Bachelor for like an hour. And it was electric and fun and so i knew that me and mads had to do something together and that's how okay sis was born and, and okay sis was the thing that really opened my eyes to the power of podcasting you know we were two jewish sisters with no online presence our careers weren't really going places and all of a sudden two months or three months into running this i'm in a hotel room with vanessa Grimaldi, who just quote unquote, won the bachelor. And I'm like, whoa, there's something incredibly powerful here. And then I started recognizing how powerful being a guest is. And then I kind of was like, this is the new form of PR. And then six months later, I started my agency. So when you ask how it's changed my life, it's um, in more ways than one, it's given me my career. It's given me my network. I have women in my corner that I am friends with, that I support, that they support me, that I never thought I would ever be able to be in communication with. It's given me a community, an audience. Literally everything that I am is due to podcasting.
1: Wow, We resonate I, so much. Yeah.
0: Well, I love what you said about how you had to kind of start at the basics to be able to really appreciate the whole medium for itself. And for us, when we started our podcast, I mean, we literally were in like a shack in my backyard. With like
1: a two by four. With like a two fly, by four, plywood. like trying to
0: <laughs> clamp on our our mics and things were falling over. And like now, of course, we don't have to do all of that anymore, but it did build this love for this thing because it's like we had to put so much work into it. So it's like you yeah. have to see the follow through of it. And you, you really understand the medium and everything that goes into it. Anyways, that that's our story with that. But you said that you realized that podcasting was a, a form of PR for you as well. And I'm curious, why do you think people need a podcast strategy to promote their brands and their businesses?
2: There's so, This is like what I preach all day long. So One, if you look at the digital media landscape, we're trying to capture people's attention in three seconds or less. On Instagram, people are looking at your photo for probably two seconds, if that. People size up your Instagram profile very quickly to figure out if they want to follow you or not. And if someone does follow you, they're engaging with you potentially like at the most 10 minutes a week, if that. If they're watching your stories every day and it's fragmented attention, it's not dedicated attention. So there isn't necessarily a concentration of depth that's happening with people in their communities, even on YouTube. Like people talk about, I'm not a YouTuber, but people talk about like getting the right thumbnail, right. To get attention mm-hmm. where for some reason in a world where things are quick and a lot of information's getting thrown at us and we're scrolling onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. I was noticing that people were listening to people talk on podcasts for up to an hour. And yes, I believe the audiences and the community members across the board on a numbers level are smaller in comparison to Instagram, but they hold more weight. So 15,000 listeners on a podcast is going to hold more weight than 15,000 followers on Instagram. So once I started seeing the level of attention that podcasts communities were given towards the podcast they were listening to, it was kind of this no brainer. And then additionally, I was having conversations with women that were vulnerable and intimate and in depth. And I got to know them. I wasn't getting to know their logo type font. I wasn't getting to know their branding messaging. I wasn't getting to know the curated photo of them. It was off the cuff, natural, who they were sitting in front of me. And that kind of Connection and exploration really enticed me, and that was solidified when I would have these female guests on OKSys and I would watch our community, follow them online, buy their products, sign up for their newsletter, become a member of their community, listen to their podcast. It showed me that people, one, do business with people, so we want to know the people behind the brands that we're consuming, and two, that people want more depth. Like we just want more depth. So if you're listening and you are a female brand or a female entrepreneur, you don't have to start a podcast to have a podcast strategy. Although I also really think that's the best thing in the world. I'm sure you two can attest to that. <laughs> yes. yeah. But being a guest is also an incredible way to talk to an audience that isn't like, oh, you got 15 seconds or you got 30 seconds on an ad with them. So it's, I mean, there's nowhere else in the digital media landscape where it's this deeply engaged.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, and it's so crazy because it's like, I struggle to sit down to watch an hour of TV just because, like, I get so sidetracked and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I'll go clean this little thing. And I'll go. But I have no problem sitting and listening to an hour-long podcast in the car. Like, for some reason, it's just so much more engaging. It's so much more authentic. You feel like even though when you're, you're a listener, like, you're a part of the conversation and you're, like, kind of responding in your yeah. head, you know? Yeah.
2: Like, what world can you listen to Tony Robbins talk for an hour? Like, in what world can you listen to Rain Wilson and Gabby Bernstein talk for an hour? Yeah,
1: right? For free. For free. It's crazy.
2: It's crazy. And you can do it while you're uh, showering, while you're walking, while you're working
0: out. Folding laundry. That is my one. Th- uh, that's when I listen to podcasts because I hate folding laundry so much.
2: <laughs> Mine is clean. Yeah, mine's cleaning. Mine's cooking and showering in the morning. There's always a podcast on.
0: So to go back to like with brands though, or if you want to start your own company or something like that, what would you say is like the first step to creating a plan to kind of achieve your marketing goals through podcasting?
2: Mm. So it depends. If you have an audience already and if you have a track record, let's say. So let's say you've already launched something or if you are launching something, you have past experience, you've already been building your brand and your career up and you have something tangible that you can point to to talk about, you can jump into being a guest immediately. But if you are just out of college or you've been working the corporate America grind and you're now becoming an entrepreneur and you just started, being a guest on a podcast might not be the first step for you because you need a little bit of traction. It's like writing a book. You have to have a little bit of the life experience before you write the book. So You have to have material to really talk about and dive into. That's your own. So if you are starting a business and you are a new entrepreneur, start a podcast it's going to bring a bunch of different things. First of all, don't worry about downloads and don't worry about ad money. Ad money in the podcast world is stupid unless you have a ridiculous amount of downloads. It's $25 per every thousand downloads you get. It's not worth it. If you're a new personal brand female entrepreneur, start a podcast, harness your community, harness the purchasing power of your community to buy your services, your product, engage in your business, versus getting them 10% off some vitamin or something and getting $25 in return. With that, you're going to create a deep community, no matter how small or how large, doesn't matter the size. You're going to be able to exercise your thought leadership and your mission. So you're going to be massaging your message constantly. And the third best thing in the world is you can build a network beyond your wildest dreams. So if you are in the motherhood space, you could have every mommy blogger you've ever followed on. You could have the doctors that talk about early childhood development that you absolutely look up to. You can have the New York Times best-selling author of parenting books. And all of a sudden you started a mommy business and now you have like 30 people in your corner because they were on your podcast and you connected with them. It's you know, don't go to the meetups, don't join the online groups, invite these people and get an hour of their time. And then what I believe is the most beneficial point that people aren't talking about is make sure that that interaction between you and the guest continues on after the hour. Are you following them online? Are you engaging with their content? Are you supporting them? When they have a launch, are you posting it to social? Are you emailing them twice a year and just saying, hey, here's what's going on with me? What's going on with you? You can develop these relationships that, in my opinion, there's just no other world where you can have direct access to people like this. And, of course, not everyone's going to say yes to you, but starting a podcast is going to propel your brand and your career forward.
1: Yeah. We've said before, too, we've had guests on here that have become, like, friends. Yeah. And yeah. it's so, it really is, like, a very magical thing because you, you meet basically as strangers, but then you do have this very in-depth, hour-long conversation where people are very open and honest, and you get to really, like, know who they are. And it is, like, a very cool yeah, new, opportunity yeah, too. it's a really cool opportunity.
2: Also, Corinne just turned her phone off for an hour to talk to me. She did. I did. When do you like go to lunch with a friend and turn your phone off?
0: Actually, even have your phone off. That's true. That's a good point. That is so true. You're so it's you. You have to be so present. You're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Uh, one thing I also wanted to bring up that that you were saying, you know, just giving your example about be- maybe being in the motherhood space, like how important do you think it is to find your niche as well?
2: Oh, oh that's a good question. You know, I go back and forth on that because I think that a lot of the times people don't start because they don't know their niche and they think they need to be one specific thing and that can hold them back. Okay, sis started with no niche other than talking to female entrepreneurs. And we kind of separately, me and my sister, found our own niche within that space. So... I don't necessarily think you need to have a super, super specific niche. I think that you need to have a clear brand and a clear message. But at the same token, I also think that evolves by putting yourself out there and creating the content over and over and over again until you find what works for you and your community. Sometimes you think your community wants to hear you talk about motherhood when really they actually want to talk about your infertility journey mm. and they really want you to go all in there. So allowing space for what the community wants.
1: Yeah. And I think also that dedication, like the dedication to like every week post, you know, having something come up, being with your community on the Instagram and, and all this is like, I think. You're so great about that with your brand too. Nat. With me? Yes. Well, it's like one of my favorite. I just love like connecting with yeah, with everybody. You're so good about it.
2: Yeah. Don't start a podcast if you're not going to post every week. I get really tough love about that. I'm like, <laughs> it's not worth it because podcast listeners are like TV listeners. I don't know why I keep using The Bachelor because I don't even watch The Bachelor anymore. But, you know, every Monday, I don't even think it's on Mondays anymore. Every Monday, you know that at 9 p.m., The Bachelor is going to be on. Or I know on Sunday night, The Righteous Jumpstones are coming on. Or Friday, Shark Tank's coming on. Like, that's the type of ritualistic listening that podcast listeners get. So please, if you're going to start a podcast, just commit to doing it once a week or every other week, whatever feels good to you. But consistency is the most important, important part if you're going to start a podcast.
1: And Corinne's always been very good for us. Because if it weren't for her, I think I probably would have let a couple slide. And she's like, no, we will have one every Tuesday. We've never missed we one. We have never missed a Tuesday. Yeah, we never missed a Tuesday. So, and that's, I think I'm going to put that on you, Corinne. <sighs> Thank Um, you. (laughs) So you have the OK sis podcast. You've got Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast. You have your book, Emotional Entrepreneur, but you're also the CEO of Scouts Agency. It specializes in putting women on podcasts. So what are some like behind the scene tips that you might have for people that are listening and they're like, ooh, like I kind of want to put myself out there in the podcasting space, but maybe they don't have the ability to have an agency or something. What are some little tips and tricks?
2: To get on podcasts, to be a guest on podcasts? Yeah. I would start really small. A lot of people will come to me who are not my clients. They're just asking for advice. And the first thing they say is I want to be on like Joe Rogan's podcast or something like that. Oh, right.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Or, you know, some of the really, really top podcasts, but I think if you've never been in the space, it is going to be to your benefit to go on smaller podcasts first one, because you're probably going to be super fucking nervous. I don't know what it is about it, but every time someone goes on their first podcast, they like can't speak. They get really nervous. They're sweating. It's, it's, it's something and my husband did it once. His first podcast, and I was in the other room and I was like, Oh, this is not going go <laughs> well. And he came out and he was like, I have so much respect for you. I was like, Yeah, because your first one, you really get some stage fright. So go on the small ones, small ones first. Do your research, find out what those are. Get really, I mean, it's very hard to be completely knowing with the landscape because there's like millions of them, but look for podcasts that you feel as if they have a similar size audience to you or in a similar demographic. Are at similar places in your career, and go after those one first. You can DM them, you can email them, you can offer a swap if you have a podcast. But starting small and giving yourself time. You know, I've been in this space for over four years, and just this year did I start getting on top podcasts. You know, so. Give yourself time, give yourself practice. I promise you, you'll be so happy if you've on a couple smaller ones before you start pitching to bigger and bigger ones. So that's what I would probably recommend to do first.
0: Yeah, we love an Instagram slide, a DM slide. Oh, we love a DM slide, <laughs> we love it. So Kate, you are a multi-hyphenate. So you have all of this going on and also you have your book, The Emotional Entrepreneur. I'm curious what inspired you to begin writing your book?
2: writing a book was my first career goal. It's the first thing I remember wishing for a future version of myself. I was in elementary school when I just knew that I wanted to write a book. With my other entrepreneurial pursuits, I am definitely guilty of jumping in without thinking when I have an idea that I want to go for. But writing a book was something that I knew had to be done a certain way and it had to come at the right point in my life. So When I felt as if it was time, it was in the pandemic, um, it was like September, 2020 and my client, I went to her for advice because she was writing a book and she put me in touch with this woman who helps writers flesh out their book proposal, et cetera. And I went to her and I said, I want to write a memoir, a vignettes that are creative nonfiction with a poetic prose. And ah, ah." she's like, no one wants to read your memoir. No one knows who you are. Like... (laughs) Rhea said it much sweeter than that, Um, but that's what she meant. And I said, okay, you're right. I'm not a Grammy-nominated 65-year-old retired person, right? So I decided to really think about some of the motifs that I've been talking about in my podcast, some of the things that I was really excited about kind of melding together. And I knew that I'm someone who writes really short things. So I've always been able to write short stories, but I've never been able to write Long stories. So I knew that for my first book, I had to organize it in a way that was short things. So I said, okay, we're going to do a lot of chapters. I knew that for my first book, I didn't want it to go all in on one concept. I wanted it to be more of a broader general overview. So I started really thinking about what is my unique point of view? What do I like talking about? And what do I help people with when they come to me? And it really was this intersection of mental health and business that. I had started really talking about on my podcast earlier that year. So that's where the concept of the emotional entrepreneur came from. It's 25 lessons that are inspired by my journey living with bipolar disorder since I was diagnosed at the age of 20. And it's emotional and mindset tools that I found myself needing and using in business.
1: So, actually, speaking about those lessons that you're talking about, one that I thought was really intriguing was lesson two, which was getting an ROI on your pain, a return on investment on your pain. Can you kind of dive into that?
2: Yes, that's my favorite one. One because I feel very clever that I came up with that term. Um, but two, I I say this in the book. I was on the phone with my friend on the way to my office for Scout's agency, and she was extremely nervous because she had a job where she had to present in a certain way and whenever she had to present it just it ate her up inside it wasn't in alignment with her and she was really struggling with this part of her job and it was causing her a lot of anxiety that was really really detrimental and as she's talking to me about this i'm realizing that i have anxiety that day too because I'm waiting for my client to email me back. And I'm like, I don't know if she liked what I did for her or something. And then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, like we're both anxious, but the anxiety that you're having is regressing you backwards or at least keeping you stagnant from being fulfilled while my anxiety is propelling me forward in a career that I love. So if we both have to experience anxiety don't you want that anxiety to move your life forward versus keep you going backwards or still or stagnant or stuck? And so it was this aha moment for me that we will all have pain no matter what we do, no matter if we are living out our purpose, no matter if we are in our dream career, in our dream marriage, with our dream scenario, which I completely credit my life to today. I am living my absolute highest level of dream. And pain will still come. So the pain that you experience, if you have to experience pain, it should be propelling you forward. It should be because you're uncomfortable to put yourself out there on a podcast, but you're going to because you believe in the fact that you're going to be a food blogger one day. The pain that you experience should be, okay, I'm going to invest in this coach right now, and I've never invested this much money, but I know that I need the support in my business. That should be your anxiety. Your anxiety should not be, I don't want to walk through that door one more time. I don't want to open my inbox one more time. So if we all have to experience uncomfortable emotions, make sure and audit your emotions to to align with something that is benefiting your future self. So, Getting an ROI on, a, on your pain means putting yourself in uncomfortable, growth-oriented situations that make you feel shitty, like you want to throw up, like you have self-doubt, or you're not confident, or imposter syndrome comes up, or you're afraid you're going to lose money, whatever it is. But you know that those decisions are in pursuit of a better future.
1: Yeah. I
0: absolutely love that. I feel like that's really what we live by. Yeah. Being entrepreneurs, uh, freelancers, whatever. I've always said, or I've said this in in interviews in the past, I walked in a Dolce & Gabbana show in Milan, right? Just baseline, that sounds like the coolest thing ever.
2: Sounds like the coolest fucking thing in the entire world.
0: Right. (laughs) Nobody knows that on the plane there, I was having panic attacks i was so nervous i couldn't sleep the night before i didn't want to walk i didn't want to do this and it's like when you kind of overcome that fear it's even more rewarding than just like oh i walked on yeah yeah that's cool but i'm more proud of myself that i overcame all the horrible emotions i had going into it and the fact that i almost didn't go and i went to
1: italy by myself and was just like why i I don't at the time you were having a really hard time with flying Oh yeah, fears of flaw. Yeah, was like, and she was alone, and I, you know, and so it's like
0: I actually feel more fulfillment in the fact that I overcame those emotions than even accomplishing, you know, walking down a. a I don't even know if it's an accomplishment to walk down a.
2: It's an accomplishment. It's a fucking accomplishment to be a Dolce & Gabbana. All I have to do is not
0: fall. Really, that's my only job there. <laughs> I completely practice what you're preaching. You talked about being diagnosed with bipolar disorder when you were 20. We also you know, prioritize mental health. We talk a lot about mental health on the podcast. I'm curious why you think, or, or I guess how you prioritize your mental health as an entrepreneur and how you think other entrepreneurs can begin to prioritize their own mental health.
2: Yeah. You know, when I was diagnosed, it was ten. It was over ten years ago, and I think Instagram was around for like a year to give you some context on the times. And I thought that I was crazy and done for. I didn't think I was going to have a future. Psychiatrist and therapist didn't know if I was going to be able to function. I dropped out of college, flew home, went through outpatient, inpatient. Crazy, you know, suicidal ideation, psychosis, hypomania, a very long, painful process with uh, medication that never worked and and left me not great. And so, for me, it wasn't until I found entrepreneurship that I saw a framework that I could be successful in. So. I quit every single job. I quit being a gelato scooper, a hostess. I was an intern at Interview Magazine, C Magazine. I took night classes at UCLA. I couldn't hold on to anything. And once I found entrepreneurship, it was like a light bulb switched. And all of a sudden, I went from the girl who couldn't function to the girl who was overly functioning, to the girl who couldn't stop, to the girl who was excited and fulfilled and found something to fight for that was outside of herself because inside was a black shithole, to be honest, right? So once I found entrepreneurship, I found that there was something in this lifetime that could excite me. But once I kind of walked down that path a little bit more significantly, more specifically when I started Scouts Agency and all of a sudden I was in charge of my financial situation, I was in charge of my husband's financial situation since he's getting his PhD, I had employees. I was shocked at how emotional business was. And that was coming from someone who had been on a large healing path from living with the mental illness that took her down. And so all of a sudden, I realized that women weren't getting into the game. They weren't getting into the game, not because they didn't have resources, not because they didn't have the education, not because they didn't have the finances to fund huge things. Women weren't getting into the game because they were afraid of what other people would think. Mm -hmm. They were afraid of their imposter syndrome. They had anxiety about, about uncertainty in revenue. They couldn't figure out how to handle the unknown and walk out of a predictable safe job to something that was extremely Mm -hmm. uncertain and volatile at all times. So I recognized early on that I had gotten to a place where my mental health was stable-ish, I could be functioning, but I had to master my mental health on a level that I didn't even anticipate if I wanted my business to move forward. So the reason I grew my agency to a six-figure agency in year one was not because I know anything about sales and marketing. I've never even worked in a PR space before. I've never been in a client-based industry. I had no idea what I was doing, but the reason I did it was because I looked at my people-pleasing tendencies, and I said, if I don't get these under control, and if I don't learn how to set boundaries around my clients, and if I don't learn that I'm worthy of the results that I'm getting, and if I don't learn how to have a healthy relationship with someone that is paying me to do something, my business will burn to the ground. Okay. So I have intense people-pleasing tendencies. Where does that come from? And how far into my childhood is that rooted? And that's what I prioritized in the beginning. Not reading every sales book, which you know I was doing as well, but... For me, I recognize that entrepreneurs are successful when they handle, manage, and tend to their mental health. And if you don't, yes, you can be successful, but I promise you your success will be 10 times fold, that the paths will be clear, the channels will be open, the energy will be aligned when you feel emotionally secure, confident, and stable within your business. So for me, entrepreneurship is a mental health game it's it's not a numbers game. It's it's a mental health game. And so that's, that's where I was like, okay, God gave me this mental illness to prepare me for this moment.
1: We kind of talk about things like that all the time where it's like these big struggles that we've gone through. It's like we had to do that to Yeah, there's get so here. much gratitude around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love how you were so aware of like, yes, I could read the sales book. Yes, I could do all the research. But if I don't understand how I... React to things and how I come into this space, I'm not going to be successful. And I think having that deep understanding of yourself, which it continues forever, right? We keep changing right. is such an important part of your like business plan, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Also, like too many clients call me with something. they they're nervous about something or something's going on. And I have the awareness to know that this has nothing to do with this business transaction this person wants to be seen and supported and know that we got her back and so a lot of what i do here is psychology it's how do we let these women know that we are behind them not in a way where the boundaries aren't placed and we're working over our contract and we're, you know, that's unhealthy. How can we put up supportive boundaries so that they know we got them, that they got them, that their, their account is making progress, that there's support all around and that they're heard. So there's so many moments in business that have nothing to do with results or how much money someone makes or what an ROI is or who placed what order, but rather just emotionally, are we all on the same wavelength?
1: Yeah. And by you having your mental health supported, you really support the mental health of everybody you're working with too. Like, and I think that that's, you have to being like a boss or a CEO or whatever, like you have to have those tools in place to be good at that type of position, you know?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I got, I always forget six women who work for me with me and I was crying the other day because I was so grateful I had a team member come to me and just say, I need your emotional support right now. Like I'm not feeling worthy of this, or I'm not feeling as if I'm managing this right. And coming to me so openly and transparently about the struggles they're having in their work that always go back to something emotional. It's never that they're not capable. It's more that they're not sure that they that they're worthy of the type of results that they're already getting and whatever it is right and we sit and we have an honest conversation and we we go into a meditation and we talk about how we can reframe this and how we can find the the self-confidence to move forward and we look at the evidence of our capabilities and our track records and we break through that imposter syndrome together but I don't think many businesses, the CEO is leading their team through meditations and telling them they're worthy. And, you know, like, I don't think that happens most places. No, you, no. you are the
1: boss that everyone wishes I know. they had. The boss that I am. I will strive to be. I will strive to yes. be. At the end of every Okay Sis podcast episode, you always ask if you could brag about one thing in your life and don't be humble, what would you brag about? So we want to flip it onto you and ask you the same thing.
2: I go brag to you all day long. I <laughs> brag about my life constantly. I've opened that floodgate so significantly that there's not even a shame or a self self-doubt of am I being, you know, too self-absorbed? I think we need to brag more than we than we are humble. What's coming to mind right now is my marriage. I've been with my husband for 10 years and He was the catalyst for me healing and changing, and it's hard to be with someone with a mental illness, and everybody gets this version of me, the one that's kind of walked through the fire and then can talk about the wisdom and and the lessons that I learned, but the fact that him and I have chosen each other every single day, regardless of the challenges that we face, is pretty extraordinary. I like to think that what I build here is just me, but without him, none of this happens. So, and yeah. Like we're all just like crying. (laughs) I don't know. It's the first thing that came to mind because I was like, oh, I could brag about my business, but that's, yeah. yeah."
0: I mean, it just, it's so apparent that relationships in your life are so important to you you know more than you know all of the great things and you do so many great things that you you know in your business and so wow i hope to be able to say that i'm with my boyfriend and i'll be my husband I, one day he in, ten, will. in
1: 10 years and he, and he has stood by you in so oh many. oh my gosh i mean so he's, sweet oh.
2: we're declaring it right here now you just said it out loud so
1: yeah hey we're manifesting
0: we're manifesting <laughs> scout thank, thank you, you so much, much. Also, in 10 years, I'll probably have a daughter named Scout.
1: Honestly,
0: oh <laughs> no, she really has said that. Like, no, I'm not kidding. Like, you know every woman has a baby name list on their phone. I mean, like, and yeah. that is, it's very high
2: up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it has been for a long in time. a while, so. Can I come to the baby shower? I'm inviting myself right now.
0: You're 100% invited. You <laughs> yes. are 100% invited, of course. And bring your mans. What's his name? Yes. Adam. 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 We, we stan Adam. We, we A king. stan Adam. A king. <laughs> All well, right. We'll let you go. But thank you so thank much, Scout. So it was so wonderful speaking with you. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. And we hope to connect more in the future. Yes. Thank Bye. you. Wait, I feel like she was giving us advice also for like our bucket. I know. I mean, like, we were always talking to people for, like, our own sake, too. Yes, but yes. I was just like, ooh, you know, I'm going to do I that, know. I'm that, like, that, ooh, that. tip, yes. Uh-huh.
1: And then I was really thinking, like, good thing that you've always been such a stickler on always having an episode really? on Really? I know. I was so surprised when you said that. I was like, am I? You've always said it's important to you. Well, but yeah. for me, it's like if if the shit mm-hmm. hit the fan or something, I'd be like, ah, oh, just, you know, it's we can miss a week.
0: Well, you've been really flexible because there's been a lot of times where we've had to, like, freaking – make magic yes. happen with my schedule i'll be like oh i'm gonna be out of time for the next four weeks so right. let's um record eight episodes today
1: and we've made it work we've made it work we we've have, work.
0: We have. <laughs> so we hope that you guys learn more about scout everything that she's doing why it's important to have a podcast strategy the importance of balancing your work with your mental health and how to emotionally handle entrepreneurship or just any job that you're in yeah We really do like have a responsibility, I think, when you're showing up in a workspace to also like be the best version of yourself, you know, because you you affect so many people and like she's the CEO of this company and if she didn't show up her best self, like that's there's such a trickle down
1: effect, you know. And also the self-awareness because people that are not self-aware and don't work on their own mental health and themselves project a lot. Mm. So imagine being an employee of somebody who projects all their shit onto you. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people's realities. It's most people's realities, I think. Which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. But I feel like women in our little demographic here, we're changing the game. If you guys have a shitty boss,
0: you could send him this episode like, oh my God, I love this. Or send your team like, oh my God, such a great episode. Yeah. Learned wink, so many wink. things.
1: I learned a lot here.
0: Let's get your mental health checked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Now let's circle back on this. What is it? Luna?
1: Luna. Okay. So it's the Luna Vineyards 2020 Pinot Grigio from Schnappa Valley. Schnappa Valley. And we should introduce our hotties. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited about our hotties. It's Mary-Kate and Ashley. We love that. Big time entrepreneurs. Yeah. Left the acting world. And I feel like they left
0: the acting world for their mental health.
1: Oh, I'm sure. And I also love that they're just very like – they're to themselves, they to they're themselves. like literally, leave me alone, leave me alone, let me do my business. They're business women, yes. They've got their fashion lines, they've got the row, they've got Elizabeth and James, which I love Elizabeth fragrances. Oh, you know, James is actually Trent Olsen,
0: oh, yeah, which is your family friend, yes,
1: good old Trent. But yeah, and, uh, and actually, Elizabeth
0: is, um, Elizabeth, Olson. Is, yeah. So, hey, fun fact we love them, uh, yeah, we love Mary and Ashley, but do we love? The wine do we love Luna on upon first sippy I was like who huh I don't even know it's cu- it's a lot in your mouth it is like a party in your mouth it's a
1: lot happening it's There's like- a lot of notes <laughs> is it spicy <laughs> is it spicy to you it's spicy <laughs> this is a white wine right. it's a white wine that is very spicy <laughs> I'm confused by it. To be honest, <laughs> I'm confused by it. Me too. I don't, it's like, I can't. <laughs> I, I can, I mean, is this an unreadable or not? <laughs> I'm wondering, like, it, oh, let me take one more sip.
0: I'm, I'm gonna go with a, okay, here's the thing. It's like a six for me or seven because it's so interesting. But where you just, have to
1: keep drinking it. You're
0: like, what is happening right now? Yeah.
1: I think it's been the s- Pinot Grigio. We've we never had one before. Like I think maybe? we've had one other one on the show. I'm gonna give it a six as well. Let's give it it's a six. It's Very intriguing. It's very. If, you guys should just get a bottle just to have this experience. Because it's like, is my mouth bleeding? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be good in the summer. I don't know what
0: season. Uh, yeah, I you guys need have, to try it for yourself. It'll yeah. be linked in the show notes if you want to pick up <laughs> if a bottle. You want to pick up a uh, bottle. But yeah, we're giving giving it a six out of Marika and Ashley. Yeah. yeah. All right, this is the part of the show where we play a little wrap-up game, and this week we're doing our recent, recent
1: obsessions. obsessions. God, I want songs for our. Thing. I know. I, just want to
0: be like, uh, I don't know.
1: I don't know what. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. I feel like because our little am I community is growing. Hey, somebody's bound to be some sort of. If musician. Someone sends us in a
0: jingle. We will. Lit- I will learn how to do a backflip. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. And I'll put it on the internet.
1: <laughs> yes, she will. Because I'll hold her accountable.
0: Okay, okay, so now what is your recent
1: obsession?
0: <sighs> I have two that I can't decide between. You can share both. It's actually called recent obsessions. obsessions. Okay, there good point.
1: S at the end. Good point. Okay. Then my first recent obsession, uh, the cacio e pepe, little corn puffs from Trader Joe's. Oh, those are good. Trader I saw Joe's. those. You don't know the TikTok that's like cacio e pepe. No. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know it, but I do know that I eat two to three bags a week. It's that good. Oh, I'm
0: gonna go to Trader Joe's after this. You you (gasps) have to get back.
1: Oh my god, take it back and then please tell me what you. It's so good. It's so good.
0: Though I didn't like your most recent snack suggestion, the mochi rice things. I did not like those.
1: Oh, those ones were. I gave you the spicy ones. I didn't like the. They were stale. Oh, but did I give you the regular ones or the spices? The spices. Oh, the regular ones are Joe liked them a lot. Okay. You'll like the kach- it's like a kachua pirate's baby. booty, but it's like cacio Pep. It's so oh, good. I'm so excited. So that's my first random recent obsession, and then my other one, ugh, more random. I love the tooth emoji. It is so <gasps> cute, <laughs> and I would love to find more ways to incorporate it. Well, if you went to the dentist, you know I found a dentist that will sedate me to clean my teeth.
0: Not only why
1: because I will you, throw up on him.
0: What are you gonna, do you want? Do you want to go under anesthesia? Yes. <laughs> Natalie. I mean at least partially. You want laughing gas.
1: No, I can't do laughing gas cuz last time they gave me laughing gas, I vomited all over them. Okay, so what do you want to do? Well, they can they give you like pills that like knock you out. I do have to be driven to and from. So am I might I have to drive you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps I could probably work a this,
0: Uber guys, app. This this sounds like she is getting a root canal or something. Here's this is for thing.
1: her biannual I'm, cleaning. Well, here's the problem because I had so many traumatic tooth experiences as a child. I can't. It's like ingrained in my. d de- i you
0: need to do some EMDR on it or something. No,
1: you know I had a root canal when I was six.
0: I understand that, but this is holding you back. We can go back to your recent obsessions. You could use the, the tooth, tooth emoji. emoji when you text me. Hey, can you drive me to the dentist? Tooth, tooth emoji.
1: emoji. I really, And then, you know, my dog had all those teeth removed. And I'm like, oh, God, I could use the tooth emoji more. <laughs> I just love the tooth emoji. I want to get really a tattoo it, of a tooth.
0: I don't know what it looks like. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Is it sparkling? Like, my shiny teeth and me. Mm, my shiny teeth and me. Shiny teeth If and you guys teeth. are listening to this and you don't know the reference...
1: I'd be too young for the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to show you the tooth real quick. Okay. Tooth. Like, how cute is the tooth?
0: Oh, it looks like it. it's
1: like a little booty. Kind, kind of? Looks, with little legs? Yeah, it kind of looks like a little booty. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so that's my recent obsession.
0: Oh, my God. I love that for you. Yeah, but I'm excited to hear yours. Okay, so mine is actually another podcast Ooh. that I am obsessed with, which you, have, I think you've already listened to all of it. Crime Junkie.
1: Oh, I have not listened to all of it, but oh. I but back in the day for sure I when they first came out I really listened to a lot. Oh, I just discovered it. I am so not a
0: candidate for to be listening to true crime because I have an anxiety disorder. Right. that I was diagnosed with at age 14. Right. So I should know better, but I love it. If you guys are into true crime and just want these quick little 1 hour 30 minute long horrific stories. Always horrific.
1: Jump over to Crime Junkie. There was one one time about like this guy that. I probably heard it. It was like a cannibal. Oh, God, no. But it was this whole crazy case because the guy that he ate actually asked him to eat him. Oh, no, no, so no, no, like, no, 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 no. So it was like, do you charge him with murder? Because but the guy asked him to do it. It was a big complicated
0: situation. Oh, wow. No, I have not heard that one. I did hear about the one I told Joe. My boyfriend Joe is a director. And this guy was doing a short film. Oh, Did you hear about this one? No, I have to just tell you guys really quickly. So, this guy's doing a short film, and this guy goes missing, right? And so they, the last place this guy was supposed to be was at this whatever, at this shed that this guy lived at.
1: Oh and he no, was like, never oh. a shed. He
0: was like, oh, I don't know what what who this guy is. You know, you, do you want to read my screenplay? The screenplay was like. About this guy who poses as women on the internet and lures guys into his shed and then chops them up into little bits and then um like hides their body and they were like, sir, did you did you do this? Pose as a woman on the internet and chop this dude up into little pieces and he was like, no, what are you talking about? And it was like very specific. Like he uses a mask and they like found the mask. So they were like, did you do it?
1: Did you do this? And he did. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't actually like that episode. (laughs) That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I mean, somebody died. I mean, of course, it's not, you know, (laughs) not funny, but it's just ironic. Oh, it's very ironic. Very ironic. ironic. They were like, sir. Like, he literally spelled out, but it was a screenplay. He was like, no, no, I'm just filming this. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? Because I kept thinking there's some sort of line in Superbad when Fogel, like, drops all the beers. And then that guy goes sir did you do this <laughs> and he goes no no did not do that at all no mm-mm. <laughs> did you? and then he goes oh, fuck my life yeah because <laughs> yeah i i cleaned it all up sir <laughs> did you do this <laughs> That's
0: what it reminds me of. <laughs> oh, well, that's my recent obsession. Uh, you guys, don't forget that we have a really fun newsletter that you can sign up for on amidoingthisrightpod.com. One email a week.
1: We will never spam you. Yeah? No. And I'm thinking maybe I don't know if we can do it because it's a desktop. But in the title of this week's, maybe we can have a tooth emoji.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll try. Th- I'll try that we'll out. We'll see if we can, we can. I'll give it a shot. If it makes if I'll it works, a shot. yeah. For sure. Why not? <laughs> Also, guys, we are bringing back random advice. So, if yes. you guys are going through something in your life, either career, relationships, personal, anything, you can write into our email. Am I doing this right? Pod. At gmail.com.
1: Gmail. Dot dot com.
0: And we will give you guys our advice he- right here on the pod. Hang Anonymously. Out with your Anonymous. We'll never read your name. I'm like, what? Yeah. Never, 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 never. And we will be back next week with another episode. Love you. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.